Kia ora, and welcome to Legendary Conversations, a podcast by He Akoharinga. This series explores aspects of primary care in Aotearoa, New Zealand. We have legendary conversations with legendary people, providing primary care professionals with engaging and insightful lessons. Today, we're talking about why prescribers exhibit new medicines hesitancy, how this may impact on the patient, and how to minimise the nocebo effect. Our guest for today is Professor Keith Petrie. Keith is Professor of Health Psychology at Auckland University Medical School. His research involves work on patients' perceptions of illness, treatment adherence, as well as the placebo and nocebo response. He is best known for his work on understanding how patients think about illness and how this impacts on their recovery and coping. He has an impressive array of awards, including a Fulbright Fellowship, the Gluckman Medal, and a Distinguished International Scholar Award from the American Psychological Association. In 2015, Professor Petrie was made a Fellow of the Royal Society of New Zealand and was the recipient of the Jury Medal, which is awarded to New Zealand's preeminent social scientist. Our custom education lead, Andrea Copeland, sat down with him recently over Zoom to talk about the psychological aspects of starting new medicines and what primary care professionals need to know. Welcome, Keith, and thanks for joining us today. It's fine. Good to see you. I've been really fascinated by your research and how we as primary care professionals can apply it in our practices. In terms of the patient's perspective, what do we need to know about how patients think and feel about taking medicines? There's often concerns that people have about becoming reliant or addicted to medicines because society has very negative views of people who are dependent on medicines. That tends to be reflected in patients' views as well. There is also a general belief about things that are natural being much more better for you than things that are produced by drug companies. So there's also a sort of more general belief, I think, that doctors overuse drugs and that sometimes comes out in patients' beliefs as well. So those are more general beliefs that patients may come into the consultation with about drugs that's probably um, to be aware of. And then when they're prescribed a specific drug, they generally are going through a sort of a cognitive weighing up of the benefits of that drug versus the risks. So the questions they're asking are to themselves are, do I really need it versus will it harm me? And those beliefs even at the start, that weighing up process is very predictive of how long people will stay on the medicines and take them. Reporting adverse effects is very related to the expectations that people have. So when we give people information about side effects, essentially we're creating expectations they may develop about the medicine. And if we give people specific side effects to look out for, they're much more likely to report those specific side effects, even if the drug is actually inert. So what do you think we should be telling people about their medicines? I think in general, we've really got the balance wrong with giving patients information about drugs. And that's probably the key role of the prescriber in these situations is to provide a good good coverage, I guess, of the positive benefits of taking the medicine because the the negative ones are so easily accessible. Uh, As human beings, we're much more wired to pick up negative information than positive information. So it's important, I think, that positive information gets covered 
um, quite well and emphasised in, in the consultation. So it's, it sounds like it's a bit of a, a balancing act between you know, having a, a very well-informed consumer versus having preconceived ideas about a particular medicine or treatment which may influence then how that treatment works or how we feel about it. Yeah, I think people have, have misconstrued well-informed being told all about every side effect that is possible. And we're not actually well informed of the positive benefits. We're certainly well informed of the negative ones. Okay. Um, you've touched on this already without using the terminology, I believe. And I think we all know about the placebo effect. But can you explain to us the concept of the nocebo effect? Originally, the nocebo effect was termed as an adverse effect to an inert treatment. And we typically see this in the placebo arm of clinical trials. So when people are prescribed a a medicine, well, they believe they're prescribed a medicine, but they're actually given a placebo and then they report side effects to that placebo. So that's a sort of classical, if you like, nocebo effect. And you see how strong or important the nocebo effect is. You know, at least 25% of, of people in clinical trials typically report side effects to a placebo and even more if you ask for specific side effects. So leading on from that then, how does the way information about medicine is presented to patients influence the nocebo effect or increased side effect reporting? Um, I think highlighting negative information is likely to raise expectations and make people much more likely to report them. It's an easy way, if you like, to sort of turn up the amplifier so people may misattribute symptoms that they're already getting, but also perhaps notice things that they would not normally have noticed because their antenna's up, if you like, for that particular sensation. And that can happen quite quickly. You know, it's always, I'm always, you know, I study expectations all the time, but I'm always surprised just how powerful they are in terms of being able to switch on and switch off. We've done experiments, for example, with uh, wind turbines when that was a a big thing and people were complaining about uh, health effects from wind turbines. And we brought people into an acoustic laboratory and and either gave them a story that wind turbines would cause physical symptoms or we gave them the opposite story that there was you know, research that showed that the infrasound from wind turbines was very relaxing and uh, people reported a reduction in, in, in symptoms. They felt better about their health and so forth. And the results of the study very strongly mirrored the expectations that we gave people to the same stimulus described in either a positive or negative way. So these things can turn on very quickly and, and are very powerful in terms of directing people's attention one way or another. How do we balance that? How do we focus on the positives and minimise those negatives in a world where we we have to disclose what the adverse effects potentially may be? We do have to disclose them, but I mean, I think sometimes we forget about selling the positive side of it as well. You know, it it is a difficult thing because you're not only, obviously the, the patient is not just getting the information from the consultation, there's information from the internet, there's information from other people and so forth, and there's stuff that's just around, if you like. So I think it is very important to actually present the positive benefits as, as much as possible. And reframing side effects as positive signals 
is perhaps an important way to do that, to say that, yes, if you do get side effects, it is, it is consistent with the action of the drug that you want. So people don't worry so much about those side effects if you sense you're taking away the kind of angst around them. They're seen more as a positive signal about the medicine. Do you think it's possible that some people are more sensitive than others to the side effects of medicines? Yeah, about 20% of the population, so one in five people, believe that they are very sensitive to the effects of medicine. So those particular patients are going to be much more likely to a report side effects and be non-adherent to medicine because of side effects. So it is a bit like carrying around your own set of negative expectations. So this is independent of getting information about it. You're already primed, if you like, to believe that any medicine you're going to get side effects to. And that's what we find. They're more likely to report side effects, but they're also more likely to seek out information about drugs on the internet, more likely to, to visit doctors about side effects and so forth. So I think it's, a, it's an important background factor to be aware of. And all doctors will have a number of patients, I'm sure they can identify with high perceived sensitivity to medicine. And now time for a quick break. This podcast is brought to you by He Akoharinga and is part of a larger course containing quizzes, animated videos, and background readings that you can complete for CPD requirements. You can find this course and more free primary healthcare educational content at akoharinga.co.nz. That's A-K-O-H-I-R-I-N-G-A.co.nz. So from what you've said so far, we need to be aware of patients' perceptions of medicines. How then can clinicians encourage positive conversations about new medicines? Well, I think the, probably the most important thing is, is, I guess, creating an environment where these things can be discussed so that the patient feels comfortable in, in bringing their concerns up. Because if that isn't there to start with, I guess that's, you're not really going to find out what are the beliefs behind the behaviour. So I think it's important that these beliefs are brought up, but it's also the role of the doctor to challenge them where, where appropriate and to provide information that is counter to that. And they may not think they have an effect, but they, they do generally have a much more much more of an effect on patients than they believe in this area. In another podcast we're developing, we talk about the three-step model of health literacy, the steps being ask, build and check. It sounds like that model could also be applied to what we're discussing today. For instance, is asking the person what they already know about a medicine, building on this and correcting any misperceptions, and then checking for understanding of the new knowledge that they've been presented with. Keith, do you think that this model would also be useful here? Yeah, I think in general, I think the most important thing is probably to get more specific about the attitudes about medicines. I mean, a good example is probably the COVID vaccine at the moment, you know, that people talk about general COVID vaccine resistance or reluctance or hesitancy. But if you look at it in more detail, you can see that there are generally four or five reasons why people are not comfortable with taking the vaccine. You know, there's the mistrust of the benefits of the vaccine. There's worries about unforeseen effects in the future. There's the sort of concerns about commercial profiteering, you know, that, that it's all a scam. And there's a sort of a preference for natural immunity. I don't want anything, you know, that's unnatural. 
And sometimes there is also a sort of a disguise of just people not liking needles and dressing it up as an anti-vax position. So if we can identify what particular belief is behind people's reluctance you know, for that vaccine or any particular drug that you might think of, we can then target the information specifically for that. So it's no longer a conversation about general resistance to the vaccination. It's specifically about, you know, the commercial profiteering or specifically about the benefits long term of, of, say, that particular drug. So I think yeah, getting specific is important if you want to actually change behaviour. Keith, you've mentioned the influence of media and internet on patients' perceptions of medicines. Do you think the healthcare providers' beliefs may also influence how a patient feels about taking a medicine? Yeah, uh, very much so. And I think you see that, for example, with generic drugs, doctors can pass on negative attitudes about generics. Um, and there are, there are you know, reasonably high rates of um, negative attitudes towards generics in, in doctors and also in pharmacists, unsurprisingly. Um, so that can be passed on. We recently did a, another study, just a small study, to see if we could boost expectations in a short consultation for patients who with anemia that were getting a iron infusion. And we found that when we optimised expectations, that group's fatigue levels dropped more so than the standard medical care group. And also the effect of the drug seemed to last longer. So a lot of these things can be additive to the actual effects of the drug and work essentially with the treatment itself to make the effect longer or stronger. So I think it's a it's an important area in medicine. It's something that hasn't been looked at that much, but I think it's quite a powerful way of, of improving medical treatments because, you know, any medical treatments made up of the sort of effect of the drug, but also the placebo effect that it cashes in on as well. And if we can boost that, we can actually make quite a big difference to the long-term effects of um, treatments. Keith, I know that your focus is on patients' perceptions of illness and medicines, but I'm just thinking, can your research and knowledge there also be applied to a clinician who may be prescribing a medicine that's new to them or that they're unfamiliar with or feel uncomfortable about? I mean, are they likely to have the same sort of feelings and beliefs and influences on them as what a patient would in the situation of taking a new medicine? Yeah, I I don't know too much about this, but I, I would expect that the same things apply, that people's reluctance until they build up an experience with the medicine and have seen positive benefits, they're more in a kind of a, a wait and see how this is going to work out and maybe a little bit more cautious about prescribing the medicine. And hearing from their colleagues or people that have had experience on it was obviously boost that confidence, but particularly where there's already a good established treatment. Mm. And again, I suppose the feelings that the prescriber has in actually prescribing that new medicine is then transferred in a way to the patient and can influence how they feel about the new medicine as well. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not going to get such a good response if you're saying, well, I'm not sure how this drug's going to work for you. It's new. We haven't seen the results too much, but, but, you know, that sort of diffidence is probably likely to transfer to the patient. The patient's certainly likely to pick it up. 
there's a bit of uncertainty there. They're not sure whether it's best for me. So they're also likely to be cautious about this likely effect rather than someone who is more positive about it. Yeah, that makes it really difficult, doesn't it? With new medicines coming out all the time and the expectation for prescribers and others to be up to speed with them. And of course, there's always going to be a first time for prescribing a new medicine. So if the prescriber is feeling a bit uncomfortable about a new medicine, then could we extrapolate from what you've just said to expect that the prescriber's discomfort or hesitancy may then affect how the patient feels about taking the medicine? Yeah, I mean, we've seen that with some studies we've done on on attitudes towards biosimilars and how effective they'll be compared to the current biologics. We've framed the switch to a biosimilar in a positive or a negative way just by subtle comments that the doctor made. So I think subtle cues can be very important in this. And I guess it's about developing confidence in that the doctor has in the medicine that they are able to put it in a positive way. You know, that's not easy with a new medicine that they haven't used yet. Brilliant. Thanks very much for your time today, Keith. We really appreciate it. Hi, you're very welcome. This podcast was brought to you by Her Akohiringa. Music by PJ Shepard and supplementary editing by Steve Hart. Mm-hmm.